Hello, and welcome back to the Entertainment Inquisition. I'm really excited for today's movie. I remember watching this movie with my dad as a kid, and it's always been one of my favorites. There's a lot going on, and it's a great story. Today, we are talking about Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. You knew I had to do it. The Holy Grail and the search for it has been an object of fascination in many movies, including Monty Python and a movie we talked about earlier this season, The Da Vinci Code. I will say that the Grail and the Da Vinci Code is very heretical, and in Monty Python, they never actually find it. But the scene with the bunny gets me every time. It is so funny. I'm not sure there will ever be a time where I don't think it's funny. Let's jump into the movie. I'll give you a quick refresher on the story or an overview if you've never seen it. It starts out with a young Indiana Jones on a trip with his Boy Scout troop. He stumbles upon an archaeologist discovering the Cross of Coronado, and he is determined to steal it from them and get it into a museum. It's a classic hero origin story. He uses a whip for the first time, tricks all the bad guys, and ends up getting back to his house where his father is working on a drawing. There seems to be a strained relationship between him and his father. Ultimately, he has to give the cross back to the thieves. Time jumped to the present day, where he finally steals the cross on a freighter ship in a storm on the sea. In my opinion, that was a really long time to be hung up about this artifact, but I'm happy he finally got it. When he gets back to the university, he is greeted by Marcus and a ton of papers to grade. He escapes with his mail and is met by some men outside who take him to meet Walter Donovan. Donovan is a wealthy donor to the museum, and his oil drilling team recovered a stone marker that talks about the Holy Grail. They were about to find the other half of the marker in Venice, but their project leader and his research vanished. The project leader was Indiana's dad. Ooh, plot twist. He goes to his father's house to find it ransacked and realizes that his dad mailed him his diary, which contains all his information on the Grail. Classic move, Dr. Jones. Indiana and Marcus go to Venice, where they meet Dr. Elsa Schneider, and they go to the library where Dr. Jones had been working. They figure out the clue and break the floor open to find a secret catacomb below the building. There are so many rats, and the tunnel is filled with oil. The scene where the rats got in her hair is so disgusting. But even though it's disgusting, they find the second side of the marker and narrowly escape being burned alive. Marcus was knocked out by members of a mysterious society that is charged with protecting the Grail. There is a speedboat chase, and Indiana finds out where his father is. Indiana sends Marcus to meet Sala, who you would remember from the Raiders of the Lost Ark, and he and Elsa go to Germany to get his dad. Side note, if anyone has watched The Big Bang Theory, there's an episode where Amy reveals that all of Raiders of the Lost Ark would have happened the same way if Indiana Jones hadn't been there, and I'll never be able to watch it the same way again. Look it up if you're interested, but let's go back to the movie. Indiana gets his dad back, who is played by the iconic Sean Connery, but is double-crossed by Elsa. It is revealed here that both Indiana and his dad slept with Elsa, and I don't know why they had to include that in the movie. It's a little gross. Walter Donovan is behind everything because he wants eternal life. After escaping from the castle, Indiana and his father go to Berlin to get the diary back, and then they make their way to Jordan. Marcus was captured by Donovan, and Indiana manages to save him while slightly almost dying, but he's fine. They get to the Valley of the Crescent Moon, and they find the Grail is protected by three tests. Indiana refuses to go, but when Donovan shoots his dad, he knows he must find the Grail to save him. 
He succeeds in finding the Grail Room, where a really old knight is stationed. We will talk more about the knight later. There are a ton of cups on the table, and the knight says that one is the true Grail and will grant life, while all the rest are fake and will take life. Elsa chooses the wrong one for Donovan, and he gets really old, really fast, and tragically dies. Indiana finds the correct cup and takes it to save his dad. He is not supposed to take the cup past the great seal of the temple, but Elsa picks it up and sets off basically a self-destruct button for the whole temple. Elsa falls and Indiana catches her, but her hand slips when she refuses to leave the grail, and she falls to her death. Indiana almost does the same thing, but his father convinces him to leave it, and they escape together. The group ends the movie by galloping off into the sunset. The end. Well, that's the end of the podcast. Just kidding, we've got a lot to unpack. First, I want to talk more about the story of the grail that the movie proposes. They claim that after the death of Christ, the grail cup was given to Joseph of Arimathea, who was actually the man who gave his tomb for Christ to be buried in. Three brothers, who were knights of the First Crusade, found the cup and lived in the desert for 150 years, probably to build the temple and put in all the booby traps. Can you imagine how awful it would have been to try and build something with two of your brothers in the desert for 150 years? I can only imagine the arguments. Either way, after these 150 years, two of the brothers left and told the story to a monk. One of the brothers, who is the knight we see in the temple during the movie, stayed behind to protect the grail. So, this dude is like 700 years old. Now, this is an interesting story about the Holy Grail. But why did director Steven Spielberg and writer George Lucas decide to make this third Indiana Jones movie about the Holy Grail? In all the Indiana Jones movies, not including the weird fourth one about the alien head thing, the main item being sought is one of divine importance. In the Raiders of the Lost Ark, the Ark of the Covenant is being discovered, and in the Temple of Doom... Sankara stones are being taken back for the village it supports. Additionally, the three objects aim to destroy those who take them for personal or secular gain. But why choose the grail for this film? George Lucas stated that the film is about a father and son finding one another rather than going after some specific thing. They find the grail in each other. Indiana Jones himself states in the movie that he didn't come for the cup of Christ, he came to find his father. So, yes, the grail is very much a real thing in this film, but the symbolism of the grail restoring the relationship between father and son is the main theme achieved. The grail itself that is depicted in the movie is called the Carpenter's Cup. It's very dull on the outside and has a very beautiful golden inside. I don't know about you, but every time I think of what the Holy Grail would be, I always think of a cup that looks like the one in this movie. And I think this is because, while the grail is something very popular in public imagination, The actual look of it and the properties of it have always been very mythical and never really solidified into one idea until this movie. And I can't think of any other times after this movie where we have seen an actual image of the Holy Grail in popular culture. George Lucas came up with the idea for the Grail to grant immortality when trying to convince Steven Spielberg of the plot for the movie, and this idea of immortality is the driving force behind the search for it. This factor makes it very similar to the original Grail in medieval romance stories. One story, titled Percival, tells of the Fisher King's father who has been kept alive for 12 years because he regularly received a consecrated host from the Grail. I think that George Lucas and Steven Spielberg did an excellent job trying to make an image of an elusive Holy Grail and really got to the core of the Grail's intention. 
to bring healing both to the body and to relationships. To try and unite popular culture and religion, the grail, while referencing the cup of Christ, is truly symbolic of what we call the Eucharist. The story of the Fisher King's father receiving a consecrated host as his life source is a parallel to the Eucharist being real sustenance for those who receive it regularly. Additionally, Lucas and Spielberg show a grail that restores and heals relationship between child and father, just as the Eucharist restores and heals relationship with God the Father. There's my attempt to just find a little bit of Catholic symbolism in Indiana Jones. Next up, the Crusades. Woo! I had to talk about the Crusades. I think they are so cool, and not many people really know the history of them. Also, the movie is called Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, so it only makes sense that we talk about all the other Crusades that came before. Let's start out with a definition of what the Crusades were. They were a series of religious wars between Christians and Muslims to take control of different holy sites that both groups wished for control of. There were actually eight Crusades, but the first four are really the only important ones. They all started out at the Council of Claremont in 1095, where the Pope asked Christians to take up arms and recapture the Holy Land. The First Crusade started when four armies left for the Byzantine Empire in August of 1096. Actually, the Crusade kind of started a little bit earlier when this group of commoners, led by Peter the Hermit, decided to not wait for the other armies and were completely crushed by the Turkish army. The other four armies succeeded in taking the Holy Land by the end of July in 1099. They retained control until the Muslim troops began to take back the Holy Land in the Second Crusade around the year 1147. The Third Crusade was a big one. A dude named Saladin, I think that's how you say his name, either way, he took Cairo in 1169 and Jerusalem in 1187, thus starting this crusade. King Philip II of France and King Richard of England, the king that is referenced in Robin Hood, leaves to take back the Holy Land from Saladin. They don't necessarily succeed because they only sign a peace treaty and don't actually get the city of Jerusalem back, and the Fourth Crusade really has nothing to do with the Holy Land. They just end up sacking Constantinople instead in 1204. The other four crusades don't really have anything going on, though there was a children's crusade where a bunch of kids said they were going to march to Jerusalem, but never actually made it there. I'm not sure what they were planning to do when they got there, but the effort counts. Well, there's a little bit of background on Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I think the symbolism behind the grail in this movie is really cool, and I also just love crusade history, so this episode was a fun one to research. I want to leave you with one last question to ponder. Why does Indiana's dad have an accent and Indiana does not? It's not really that important, but I've been wondering it a lot. That's it for this episode, and I will see you again soon on the Entertainment Inquisition. Bye!